of Gold Bezan Podcast. I'm your host, Ejman Pars. With me, I have my colleague, Baba Kolriz. Today, we'll be interviewing football agent Nima Modir. He lives in Sweden, but he has players all around the world. We'll be especially interested in his players uh, with Iranian heritage and also with his uh, partnership with uh, Patrick Merck. Uh, Nima, welcome to the pod. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, for the people that don't, that don't know you and your profession, uh, please uh, let us know, how did you become a football agent? Uh, that's, a, that's a long story, but uh, to make it short, uh, uh, I, was, uh, I was playing football until I was 22. Uh, I went to Iran and uh, gave it a try there. And when I realized that I, I might not be I might not be one of the best. I decided I wanted I wanted to work in football, and uh, me and Patrick Merck and my part, other partner called Fogger got in touch with each other. Uh, we had a we had a meeting in Halmstad where we discussed a little bit about football, a little bit about South region in in Sweden and, and the players here, and uh, we decided that we will start to collaborate and see. Uh, what's possible to do uh, together and uh, everything went really quick uh, I started to sign players uh, I started to scout a lot uh, so we signed during that period uh, a couple of, of, of young talents that become national team players uh, such as Erdin Demir who, who played in Trelleborg back then and who is playing now for Vassal and Beveren in uh, in Belgium and, uh, and after that uh, it's, it's been uh, it's, it's been hard work only uh, but uh, we, we basically we basically started a, a partnership on, on just to see where it ends up and we start, started to sign up a lot, a lot of players and they started to perform and, uh, and that, that's that's that. Uh, please tell us shortly about your trial in Iran. Uh, you said you were around 22 when you stopped playing. In which club did you did you get your no, trial? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't at the club. I was uh, I was invited by the under 23 national team. At that time, Vinko uh, Bekovic was the coach. Uh, so I was invited to to to, to Tehran. At that point, it was Merdad Oladi, Omider Avanha, Shosa Makani, uh, a couple of these players who were playing in that national team, and I was there a few days and trained with them and such, because uh, they were they were in qualification games for the Olympics. I think they had two games left. It was Australia and Saudi Arabia. So I went there, did a couple of trainings. We played a game against Ekbatan. 
friendly game that we lost. Uh, I was, I was, yeah. So we played a game against Ekbatan. We lost it, and I was quite satisfied. Came back and home to Sweden, and uh, we decided that if they go to the Olympics, that uh, they should invite me uh, for a longer period than to be with the team, maybe for two, three weeks. And then when if they go to the to the Olympics, that they should, uh, yeah, see if if I'm going to be in that squad. But they they lost the games and. Didn't go to the Olympic Games. I think Australia went there instead. Uh, so in, in that summer, uh, I was invited by Saipa to go and train with them. But I got sick. So I was in the hospital for three weeks and on heavy medication. And after, when I came out from the hospital, I, I decided that I'm going to quit football because uh, I was tired. Uh, it was a long way to come back. Uh, so I, uh, I felt that okay, I, I want to do something else. So that's why when me and Patrick got in touch, and yeah, everything else is uh, history. Nima, tell us a little bit about global soccer management and how long Patrick Merck has been involved in football in Sweden. I think Patrick has been involved for around uh, 27 years. Uh, he is the one who has been working in, in Sweden the longest at the moment. Uh, we are uh, the biggest company in Sweden, maybe in Scandinavia, if you look at the total, the trend. Um, uh, we are representing uh, a lot of national team players. And we are a big team that works together. Uh, it's, it's me in the south part of Sweden, in Malmö. Uh, Patrick Merck, who lives nearby Stockholm, Carl Fager, who lives in in Gothenburg, uh, Stefan Selakovic, who also lives near Gothenburg, and our chief scout, Tony Vesting, who lives in, in Växjö in Sweden. And uh, we we try to work a little bit how they do in the, in the States, uh, a little bit more abroad to be more complete as a firm. Uh, a lot of people involved. <coughs> Try to scout a lot, take the players in early stages, and uh, be involved in in their development. So, would you say that you, you guys specialize in uh, younger footballers who might have a good future rather than established stars? Uh, it, it depends. If you can sign a, a, a star, uh, uh, you would do it, uh, or we would do it. But we we also I personally I'm, I'm I'm in love with the scouting thing I'm, I'm, I love to to watch football uh, I think that's my my strongest side in the business to to select the players and um, so we try to be complete in both ways because uh, we have the, the the network to to deliver for the stars and for the for the talent so. It depends on the level, to be honest, and on the player and his demands. And Nima, you uh, have an Iranian heritage, yeah. and uh, we don't have that much uh, Iranians abroad, at least from uh, living on growing up in Iran. But you have a couple of Iranian players. Uh, can you please tell me, tell us more about your connection with the Iranian players, maybe such as Karim and Sarifat for beginners? Yeah, of course. 
for two two years ago, uh, I started to, to to work in in Iran a little bit uh, because I saw that that there was not many players from Iran that was going abroad or to Europe uh, where the football is uh, is is the best, and I feel I feel that a lot of potential goes away there. Uh, I think that best Iranian football players should be playing in, Iran, in in Europe because in the past 10, 15 years we had three players only in Bayern Munich uh, and I think that it's it's uh, it's a pity that more and more Iranian doesn't take that step but uh, that's a lot of factors. But my So I started to work, I started to work with uh, Kaveh Rezaei in Zobahan at the moment. I started to work with Karim Ansarifar and a couple of more players. And uh, Karim was in a, in a situation where he'd be playing a bit in, in Osasuna, had it difficult, and uh, me and him got in touch. And I, I spoke a little bit what I thought was good for his football step. And the only thing that was missing was minutes and goals for him. So it was important for him to come to a to a team uh, where the coach believe in him and will play him regardless. So uh, I spoke with Panionios, who is a, who is a club where is very close to me, and the coach was in love with him at first sight. And I would say that I got maybe 50 missed calls from the from the coach uh, because he really wanted Karim. So uh, so we decided to visit the club and after visiting club, Karim was convinced as me that it was a good step for him. And um, at the moment, uh, I want to I want to work with only the best players in Iran, but because I feel that I want to bring them bring them to Europe to play in the best teams uh, to develop, and also to for the national team. I, I think that the more Iranians that play in, in Europe the better the national team will be, but also the level in Iran, you know. So, um, I, th- I think that's a little bit where I see myself in the role of, of working with Iranian football players. I want to I want to be the bridge uh, between Iranian football players and the clubs in Europe. Uh, Nima, uh, you mentioned Karim Ansarifad. He was a highly rated youngster when he came through and he was actually dubbed the new Ali Dai and was given an opportunity to play for both club and country by Ali Dai himself. Yes. It's probably fair to say that he has yet to realize the potential which he seems to have. A lot of people or analysts think that it's a purely a confidence issue with Karim. And if he is able to mentally uh, find that stability, he might be able to become the kind of striker that we've been looking for the national team since Ali Dai. Without going into too much, let's say, private issues, uh, where do you stand on this and what the future holds for Karim? Um... I spent a lot of time with Karim in, in, in Greece, uh, get to know him really well, and uh, I don't think that there is anything mentally. Uh, I think he's a very self-confident boy. He knows where he has himself. He's been uh, the top striker in Iran two or three times, and uh, I think that in Iran he, he proved himself, but. 
always as a football player or whatever you do, I think it's very important that you take new on, on new challenges. Uh, I think that I think that as not only with Karim, I think that he should have le left Iran much earlier, in a much earlier stage, uh, because then he would get uh, the challenge to play with the best players, but also to push himself to a certain level he was at a very young age already maybe the best striker in Iran and normally when you are that in Iran or if you are that in England or if you are that in Germany you take the next step to see if you can, how you can develop more but that that kind of steps doesn't happen really in Iran because most of the top players stays or they go to Qatar and I don't I don't think that is that's good for the football uh, of 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 the future of Iranian national team. So, but now I think he's proven himself by by going to a smaller club in Greece, uh, playing a lot, scoring a lot now at the moment, and uh, finding himself more and more as a football player. And I think that he's proved himself that he's he should be there. And I I'm quite convinced that he will be one of the top uh, top uh, strikers in Greece in one and two years. So uh, I don't think that there is anything mentally or stuff like that. I only think that, that, that he should have left Iran much earlier. Uh, yeah, you were talking about Kabir Rezaei and uh, he was a big uh, uh, star or talent back when he was 17 and even 19. Now he's come yeah. to that certain stage uh, as maybe Karim Ansarifad was when he was supposed to go to Europe. Uh, yeah. Isn't it time for Kave to find a way to Europe really soon or he might end up getting the hard way as Karim? Uh, uh, that's why I'm, I'm involved now at the moment. I'm working. Uh, I maybe never worked uh, that much for a player in my life before. Uh, because I really, really, really believe in Kave. Uh, I think that he can, he can be a really top striker in 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 Europe. At the moment, we are having some talks with a couple of clubs in Europe about him. Uh, there is a there is a there is interest for him, for sure. Uh, the thing is that the Iranian football is not well known. Uh, there's not many clubs that go to Iran for scouting on a regular basis and this makes it that the clubs in Europe don't have the knowledge about the football, about the level, where to place the players in how good they are. So, uh, but we're working on that and I really, really, really hope that we can see Kava taking the next step to Europe in this winter. And... Uh, I'm quite sure if it if it, if it takes that kind of step, uh, the clubs in Europe will have another eye for the Iranian football because uh, I think he he has everything to become great. Which which kind of leagues in Europe do you think better suits Kave's type of play? I think Kave needs if he go if he's going to take the step to Europe, uh, it's uh, you know it's a new culture, new new country's new way of playing football I think it's it can be good for him to come to certain leagues where he can become the best player uh, and in this in that case we are looking at like like a step to Scandinavia or uh, Switzerland or Austria uh, a little bit middle steps uh, for to to, to to 
perform and then go to the bigger ones. Um, Holland is, is not realistic because of the rules of, of how to pay non-European, non-European players. Uh, the salaries is too high and the clubs cannot manage to, to sign them if they're not under 19. So uh, at the moment we are looking at, at Scandinavia, Austria, Switzerland, and, uh, such maybe Turkey as well, uh, that have been growing to a good league. I was just going to ask, uh, when, you, when you have a player on your books and you're planning their future, do you create some sort of short-term and long-term plan to say, okay, you're going to start here and three years from the la- uh, down the line, if you do this way or you do well, this is where I want to take you, or do you take it day by day? No, of course, we have short-term plans, we have long-term plans. It's not only football, it's about how to educate the players in, in, uh, to develop as a person. How to, to receive information, how to act after you've got the information. It's not always that, that you, you hear what you want to hear. So it's about uh, growing as a human. Um, but we have, of course, we have, of course, short-term plans in, in goals, in uh, how to play and what is a good performance for the season and, and, and so what to focus and also we have plans for each game uh, but we also have long-term plans in where, where we see ourselves and, and uh, we try to to take it after that day by day to see how how everything went and what we will do Nima, uh, you have, of course, uh, tight relations with the Scandinavian market living in Sweden. We have, yeah. yet to, we have yet to see an Iranian in a Scandinavian league, or Iranian from Iran. Uh, do you think that, what's the main reason? Are they not good enough, or is it just a lack of uh, scouting in Iran that keeps players out of, say, Alsens can uh, the problem is that uh, one of the main problems is that Iranian football is not uh, recorded in HD. Uh, a lot of clubs have problems in uh, in uh, in watching the games because it's a very low quality of the videos. Uh, number two is that, for example, when you go into a certain system when you want to see Iranian Iranian league. In the system that is Instat Scout or Y Scout, uh, there is no. Normally, you have lineups, you have the players' names, and you have uh, certain information, but also the quality of the videos. But there is uh, not much on the Iranian football, and this makes it difficult for clubs just to to watch the games and to follow the players and to to keep on following the players. So, and I don't think that there is a lot of clubs in. Europe or Scandinavia that wakes up in the morning and feels that I want to go and watch football in Iran. Uh, there needs to be certain people that take that takes them there uh, to watch it. Uh, of course, it makes it easier when they, when you have some videos and you have a high quality, so the clubs can have some do some work before they travel. Uh, but it's also that is uh, non knowledge that. 
it's not an important market for player for for clubs to go there and watch and uh, and I think that the salaries in Iran of the top players that can be great in, in Scandinavia they are already earning a lot of money so they don't see a point by coming to Scandinavia and earning less so there is a lot of factors about it and uh, that's why I've been I've been on on a lot of people that I think that the young talent should be sh should move in an earlier stage, uh, so so they come to Scandinavia or they come to the smaller smaller leagues in Europe for the development, so they can be be so they can develop in, a, in an environment where bigger clubs can see them. Lima, could you tell us a little bit about the other players or the other Iranian players that you have on your books? Yes, uh, we, we, at the moment we are talking with a lot of players. There's uh, Ahmedi, uh, the central midfielder who, who was in Saba. Uh, we 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 are talking with uh, uh, a little bit Mehdi uh, Tarami. We are talking a little bit with Omid Ali Shah, who plays in Press Police. Uh, I've been I've been following the most of them. So, but we will see what the clubs think and how they react uh, regarding them. I've been in I've been in touch with Morteza Puraliganji also a bit. So, um, but that's that. Uh, Nima, how far do you think? Uh, let's say that we had uh, all the potential that we needed in Iranian football, like uh, HD and good uh, training facilities and proper uh, federation. Uh, where would you see the Iranian football players and the Iranian football then? It's just a speculation, but it's still interesting to know your your thoughts. If we would have uh, great facilities and. Uh... Take the question again. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. A speculation. If we in Iran had these things that you, as a scout, demand, uh, yeah. such as uh, good facilities, or maybe playing in uh, HD, or or uh, having the opportunity to see young players uh, uh, grow in Iran, where would you see Iranian players in football then? Uh, they will be. I think that a lot of Iranian football players would be in the in one of, in, in the best leagues in Europe. Uh, I think in Iran at the moment they should be focused on on how to maintain the best to be the best Asian country country uh, in football. Uh, there is more Asia. They, there there are more Japanese and, and South Korean players that goes to, to top clubs in Europe than Iranians, but. Personally, I think the Iranian football players are, are much better, uh, all, but also much more educated. Uh, so, uh, but I would, I would, I'm pretty convinced that if if the if the conditions would be right, I think that we would see uh, a lot of a lot of players being in, in top clubs around the around the Europe, because if if Chile can make it, if Colombia can make it. If, uh, if if Uruguay can make it, uh, why not Iran? Uh, it's about it's about promoting the players. About it's about uh, searching for the for the talents. It's about giving the talents the chance. It's about develop, develop, 
developing them as, as a person. So, uh, but the work needs to be started now. Anima, what do you think about Iran's current team, Melli, and its uh, potential participation in the 2018 World Cup, uh, considering that Iran has never qualified for back-to-back -back World Cups in history? Mm. I think they have, uh, I think things are looking really good at the moment because there are more and more young talents that are giving the chances to play. I'm thinking about Azmoun, I'm thinking about Saide Zatolai. Uh, normally, in the past, we haven't seen so young players given the chance in the national team. And I, I'm glad that Carlos is doing that at the moment. Uh, I would like to see more of it because uh, it's not about the age, it's about who can perform. Uh, I would like to see them play a little bit more offensive. But I think they have good chances uh, to qualify, even if the history doesn't say it, with how they are playing at the moment and with the, with, with the quality players that they have available, especially up front with so many strikers, so many good strikers in, uh, at the moment in the national team. I think we, they have it in their own hands. Uh, it's up to the boys to deliver. Nima, okay, I also want to. Sorry, sorry, if you don't mind. Uh, here you go. The silence pushed me in. Nima, uh, is there any specific reason why players in defense or in goal never move abroad or, let's say, move abroad far less often than the attacking players? I mean, is there a possibility or a potential for some of our defensive minded players moving abroad? I think so. But if you look at. Uh... If you look at the moment, most of the of the players that plays in the in the defense are a little bit older, and uh, I don't see them. I don't see European clubs signing them, to be honest. And I think that's their that's that's a coach question because they, I think that the coaches must have a more open eye for the younger talents, the younger ages, to see who has the potential to play in the team mainly. And giving them the chance to, uh, especially in the friendly games, to to earn experience. Uh, so, uh, but it's a it's a tricky question because it's it's not easy to be a coach. It's not easy to give. You cannot give everybody a chance, and uh, they have also a job. And if they don't perform, they got they got sacked. They they can be sacked pretty pretty quick. So, uh, but. At the moment, the only defensive player I think that are playing is, is Saide Zatolai, and he's more box to box. And, uh, he's in Europe, uh, but I don't see, uh, cannot, I don't, I don't think that we have any young fullback or any young central defender that is close to be playing in the team Melli. And team Melli is the best window now for the players uh, to to show themselves. Uh, Nima, this uh, will surely get some attention in Iran as well. So, what kind of uh, uh, what say, suggestions or ideas or tips do you want to give to young Iranian players that want to take that, uh, that step uh, to develop and uh, maybe play in Europe? What do you tell them? No, I tell them that it's, it's important to believe in it. Uh, but it's more important to not be to 
comfortable. Even if you perform in, in the best level of Iran, it's nothing compared to Europe. So I think the hunger is, is very important, but also to be to be very open-minded to take new steps in uh, to come over to Europe to show themselves, to have a very open mind for new leagues and new experience. But uh, train hard. And the more you train, the more you are. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that uh, if the the most important thing that they, they need to believe in it, but also to the people that, that are working with the talents in Iran to give them the chances. Yeah. Uh, Nima, one last question. Uh, yeah. Who was your favorite uh, Iranian football player growing up, and who do you think is the best footballer we've ever produced? I always, always, always liked Ali Karimi a lot. Uh, he was my... Yeah, he, he was my favorite. Without doubt, and uh, it was a pity that he, he took the step to Bayern Munich because I thought that he would be perfect for the for the Spanish league, and I think that he would take in much bigger steps uh, in his football if he would go to Spain in an earlier stage. Uh, and as an agent, you you don't find often players with that kind of quality. Uh, he was he was very very special, uh, and as you can see, it's a big talent like that hasn't come in. He was fantastic uh, as a football player. So he's he's my absolutely my uh, he's 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 a personal favorite. But of course, Ali Dai, Ali Dai had a great career in, in, in Europe, and uh, he did a lot of things for the Red Team Melli special. So he, yeah, you you must mention him as well. <laughs> yeah, he's a legend. <laughs> he's a legend, but also, but if you if you look at the at the pure talent, talent, and what kind of what what the clubs in Europe are seeking, I think that a player like Ali Karimi would be uh, would have been huge if he would take another step. Uh, Nima, we, we would uh, like to thank you for your time uh, and answering all our questions uh, for the Golbezan pod. Is there any final words that you'd like to tell to our uh, listeners out there? No. Uh, no, no, I don't. I don't have anything to say more. Uh, I want to thank you guys for for the interview. Uh, it was a pleasure. Uh, and uh, let's let's everybody stay behind the team, Melly, uh, where to give them the support that they need. I think it's very important to believe in the team and and be there for them. And let's hope that we we can all celebrate when they go to to the to the World Cup. Thank you, Nima. Thank you, Nima. Enjoy, and thank you once again for uh, letting us uh, ask you questions and be our guest on Golbezan. Thank uh, you. Have a nice day, and good luck with all your work with the uh, players. Thanks.